0: Let's talk about peer pressure for a moment. Peer pressure is not something we've ever talked about here on the podcast and it was one of the core things that we wrapped up with in the training that I've been talking about throughout this week. And so today was the final day. We wrapped up essentially a simulated seven session, seven week program in three days. So the final sessions really push into this peer pressure. So the program is targeted between 10 to 14. So I wanna again focus on that peer pressure between 10 to 14 is where kids learn to either handle it or succumb to it. And why is this significant? Because in this moment, when they're identifying how to handle these, they either learn how to avoid, maybe when they're 16, 17, 18, how to avoid maybe alcohol at a party, how to say no to someone smoking pot, or how to say no to someone offering a cigar. Those are moments that happen. But within 10 to 14 is where they're learning the pattern And where it's preventative, where in later years, it's more of a intervention in maybe a behavior that's already taken root. So one of the things we focused on is giving them tools that bring awareness to the peer pressure. Because in a lot of ways, what I learned through this process is when a kid is being peer pressured, they don't fully understand how to respond. They don't have the words, they don't have the sentence structure, and they just don't have the tools. And so what we did is we actually simulated, and in real training, it's actually done with the kids in a real simulation with a facilitator on what peer pressure can be and the tools on how to apply them. A few of the simple ones that are easy ones to talk with your kids about, if you have a kid in your age group or any age, really, if you want to catch up and maybe you're behind, is first, ask questions. Because a lot of times when someone's peer pressuring you, they haven't given you the full idea. And one of the ways... That we simulated was, uh, hey, after school, you want to go meet me around the corner? Initially, that doesn't sound like anything bad. So response is, why do you want to meet around the corner? Well, I've just got this idea that if I've got these spray paint cans that I was thinking we could use, what are you thinking of using the spray paint cans around the corner near the school? Oh, this teacher gave me this great bad grade today. And I was thinking we could spray paint our window, and it'd be really fun. The next thing is essentially naming the problem. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, what is that going to cause? And so essentially, in this case, you would respond, that sounds like vandalism. And it's like, oh, no, it's not vandalism. We're not going to get caught. Don't worry about that. It's only vandalism when you get caught. And then it follows up to this other idea. Of we've identified the problem, and now we want to offer a different solution. I don't think I want to do that. I just got this new video game. Let's just go over to my house and play instead. You offer this misdirection. Now, there's a few other steps, but they're a little harder to do on a podcast. But primarily what I want to give you and give you this tool to talk to your kids about is helping them understand to ask more questions, to clarify what is actually being said. Because once it's clarified... Then you can also identify, is this something that I can or want to? The other thing that you can pinpoint is by having a relationship with your kid, by having a conduit that you've talked to them about. So this is why it's important to not just destroy or to force your kid to do something because it's your will, because that's not a relationship. By having a relationship... You're already going to be able to have conversations. And Some of the things in the backdrop of this program was creating values, understanding how your beliefs are attached to your values, and your values can dictate what you decide. And A lot of what we were helping the kids see in this program was helping them see that you don't have to use your own words or your own ideas to get out of it. In that same scenario, it could be like, you know what? I'm in soccer right now and I cannot risk getting in trouble. That would wreck a lot of different things. In that case, it's tied to a goal that he's really looking forward to. In another case, you could say, man, my parents wouldn't allow that and I'd be in really big trouble. You can really project it onto your parents because you know what their values are and you know what the decisions, you know what the rules are. So you can kind of blame them and deflect it away from yourself. And By doing that, you're not having to search and stand up for the strong, really, person. And why is all this important? Why did I just rant for four and a half minutes on peer pressure? Because peer pressure is one of those early indicators, as we were learning in this program, that detects whether a child starts doing substances earlier or later, whether they delay alcohol, whether they delay having sex, whether they delay trying a drug. Peer pressure is one of those that leads them to do it. And then once they've done it, it leads it to become a habit. So if you give them the tool between 10 to 14 where it's a really awkward stage, they really don't know how to fit into everything, and this is where they're developing their initial social skills that will carry them through till they leave your house. This is where the boundaries, the rules, all of these different tools are really getting developed. And now I'm going to be the first to admit, this isn't easy. This is really hard, and it's really serious. So it may not be something that you're ready to talk to, but it's something you need to work towards. Because this is the stage where it's preventative. And spending this time now could really prevent a teen pregnancy. It could prevent a kid from coming home or a kid not coming from home. What's that scenario if your kid gets in a car? It seems really innocent. And the other person's been having a few drunk drinks before he picks up your son. And then you have that moment that your son doesn't come home. What if that moment was one where he, your son didn't have the tools to recognize that this person might be under the influence and this person might be forcing with peer pressure him to say yes to like, hey, get in the car, let's go. And maybe he doesn't have the tools to say, hey, it seems like you're a little bit drunk and questioning, going back to questioning. I'm not willing to get in the car and be under the influence with you. And then also saying, hey, said, why don't you just hang out here for a couple hours? Those thoughts, those decisions could save your kid's life. So this is important. Peer pressure is something you should be having conversations with your kids on. And as dads, this is an important point. This is something that you need to have conversations with because this is a key thing that you can have an influence in a big way in their life, in many ways further down the road. You need to have a voice as a dad in these areas. Don't just outsource it to mom. They really need to have this. So to wrap it up, have a conversation about peer pressure. Teach them some basic tools like asking questions, naming the problem, and offering an alternative to get away from it. There are lots of resources on peer pressure. Google, I'm sure, will help you in this case as well. I'm also an open ear if you have any questions as well. Ben at bencloy.com is my email address always open book or if you want to ask additional questions on this, I'm happy to answer any question on a future episode of The Business of Fatherhood. I have now rambled on long enough and we'll wrap it up and I'll be back again with you guys tomorrow.